This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hang.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. Happy to have you uh, with me again live this week. Um, Today, the show is about the logic of soul. And uh, what I wrote in the, the show description and used to promote it, my girlfriend came up to me a little bit ago and said, did you mean for that to be very sensational? Uh, I wrote something about how, you know, certain human realities, I didn't say it quite this way, but um, confound the, you know, our lot, our minds, you know, confine our human brains, um, such as adoption, homosexuality, and other things. I didn't mean to be sensational, but I, but I think that a lot of us, when we're um, kind of Either just getting into astrology or anywhere up to you know seeing seeing clients, we might wonder where in the chart can we look to see some of these things. And um, people will come to us and say, "Look, um, I've been adopted, and you want to know where to see that in the chart." Or somebody um, you know wants understanding about some other thing in his or her life and is trusting you know you as an astrologer, regardless of, of what what level you may be, be um, operating at in astrology. And I think that um, the whole point of this show is, in general, not this episode, but this you know year and a half long endeavor thus far, is about you know the soul's journey, giving you insights into how uh, to view that soul's journey. And and I think that it took me this long to come up with the a, a show title, uh, the logic of soul. I think it's kind of weird because that's how I think about it. Like like all the time, we have uh, our human logic. That our that our brains um, identify, and we often don't understand that we we typically have um, at some point in the past uh, unwittingly allowed our conscious linear logical left brains to appoint themselves dictators for life. Like w- most of us do that, so then we we encounter something we don't quite understand, and we want to help people understand it, um, such as you know so, some life issue that might be outside the norm like adoption, how do we understand that astrologically when we're working with people and trying to really get inside um, you know, what they're experiencing and how to support them in working with, with their emotional issues and their life histories. Um, so that's what this show is about, is kind of looking at those two topics from a certain angle, but the certain angle, in fact, can be applied to many, many things. So that's why the, the main thrust of the show is the logic of soul and, and how that differs from our human minds, our, our, our brain logic. So that's the, that's the kind of um, overview of the show. I do want to do some announcements to let you know that this last Saturday, actually a couple things, this last Saturday I um, channeled uh, a set of Master Jehudi and uh, I almost forgot his name, Archangel Metatron. I've actually been talking to him way more than usual, so I can't believe I forgot his name for a minute. Um, uh, for the Transforming uh, Depression and Anxiety event, and it's a uh, 90-minute meditative uh, meditation MP3, uh, where they also do energy work that basically when you're listening to it, you can ask them to come and do energy work for you. And it's it's really amazing how that how that works. It's 
it's like science fiction, but it's magic with a K. It's like real magic, you know. And um, so I did that for for a handful of callers, and you can get the MP3 to to listen to that. And um, it's this this work is really amazing. As I was watching, well. I was watching myself and listening to channel them on this on this particular call because every call is unique and there's a different um, effect and a different theme and focus for each one. But as I was um, participating in this one as the you know the person whose body was being used to speak, um, I really got the the real sense that what they're giving in this work is um, are tools to help you. Get your head on straight. Get your heart open. Get your body back online. Like to be comfortable being a person to do what your soul has had you come here to do. Like I'm, I'm really getting this sense that beyond doing energy work or beyond teaching you, you know, a t- technique for meditation, they're really providing an array of tools. Yeah, it's like an array. It's like a whole bunch of tools <laughs> um, to become the kind of person that your soul would love for you to become embracing, you know, your power as a divine being is kind of a oft used phrase in a phrase in uh, in metaphysical new age circles, but that's really what these beings are about and really what soul is about. And so how can we become the source of love for ourselves? And in this, in this um, meditation, MP3, 90 minutes, um, you can get it through tdjacobs.com. There's a link on the homepage to it. Uh, and then I'll send you a link to download uh, the thing within a few hours or within a day. And uh, it's just it's just really profound. So that that has happened. Um, the other announcement, the big announcement, um, is uh, five more Tiger Iron Crystals are up at tdjacobs.com. And I'm really thrilled with how they've been finding homes in kind of a kind of a quick manner. There's actually a week where I didn't really have anything up on the site. I had like a couple uh, because people really responding to having, you know, a, a, a piece of this, this crystal that helps with the lower three chakras, aligning things, cleaning things up, um, processing things from the past. Um, and it's charged with Jehudi's frequency also because I have a Reiki 2 attunement. It has some Reiki in there. And as I was talking to a client today, uh, I realized, because I've been spending more time with Metatron, that Metatron's vibration is in there a little bit as well. Um, but Jehudi's focus is really there. So these charged pieces are for meditation. So they're not tiny little cabs or tiny little wands. They're like, you know, some of them are like five ounces. Some of them are like nine or ten. And um, they're noticeable pieces. And I use them when I channel. And now I'm teaching people how to use them. And Jehudi's teaching them. So you can get the the the, um, the details on that. You can see fantastically large, uh, amateurish, <laughs> but really big photos uh, on tdjacobs.com, and um, I encourage you to go there and check it out, and you will get instructions on how to use it, some channeled instructions in, of different kinds. And on that page, there's also a PDF explaining all this. Jehudi gives like a nine-page explanation of why we're doing this and what's the point. And, and even if you're not sure if you want one of the stones, uh, I want you to go there and read it, and also hear the 25-minute channeled MP3 that's also linked uh, there uh, on the crystal page, because... Um, it's really important to understand what crystals are for and how this ascended master uh, tells us tells us this. Jehudi, by the way, is also known. Uh, we spell the name D J E H U T Y, but he doesn't really care how I spell it. That's just how it's typically spelled. That's his Egyptian name, and um, he's also known as Thoth, 
Saint-Germain, Merlin, and, and sometimes others. So he's present in many, many cultures. For those of you who are hearing this and are like, you know, what is this astrologer talking about? Um, you know, I do channel quite a bit, um, including these, uh, peri- these periodic events. So, um, I'm excited about the stones and the events and all this stuff. And, uh, and there's actually an, a class that's half astrology, half channeling coming up called Energy is Money is Energy. And I teach, um, channel perspectives on essentially abundance is what it's about, but basically who's correction for abundance saying, um, it's not just about, you know, going for what you want, but it's also about dealing with the parts of you that block the process. And so he offers these these really interesting ways of dealing with those parts so you can understand the flow of energy in your life as it manifests to be about money. So what is the link between energy, love, and money? And this class is about that. It starts on March 1st. I have a couple spots open. Um, this will fill up. So if you're interested, um, go to my site, and it's linked from the homepage as well. So I'm excited about that. I love teaching that class because of the light bulbs that go off in people's minds. And, and we we can carry such fears about what money may mean, you know, what the money we don't have may mean, what the money we may owe, you know, what it might mean. And I love teaching this class because it gives me the opportunity to share some channel perspectives, but also do mini readings for each person in the class over two, the two uh, calls, the calls over the two week period. And um, to give you practical real insights into how to change the flow, how to shift the flow and how to understand how that flow is happening. So, that starts on March 1st. You can check that out through tdjacobs.com. Now, um, now here we are. Let's talk about the show now. Um, human logic versus the logic of soul. And um, I've, you know, people ask all the time how to see in a chart when somebody dies or when somebody receives violence or is killed even. Um, you know, we're curious about chart factors for when some, you know, for a parent when a child is born, you know, or, or all these like, like major life events, all these things that happen, and then also kind of personality traits and the ways that we're wired, and then these also major experiences that even are outside our control. So I want to get into this. I think that um, I actually care. I'm carrying a list of. of things to look at through this way, but I, I only mentioned adoption and homosexuality because um, to understand how that plays into a chart or how that can be read in a chart is, I find it absolutely fascinating. I do work with a lot of people who've experienced one or the other or both, and um, and so I really love sharing these perspectives. I will, I will tell you that um, there is a chapter on adoption in... Understanding Loss and Death, one of the channeled books that I brought through. Uh, that individual book, as well as um, the compilation of all four channel books, which is called Jehudi Speaks. Again, D-J-E-H-U-T-Y Speaks. Um, and that's that's really that's really important. That's kind of where I'm getting um, some of this some of this information because I channeled the book and read it and edited it. So um, we look at some of these experiences and some of these things about being a human. That um, that can confuse our minds. I say in the in the sensationalist marketing materials, confound our minds. But um, but looking at the logic of soul, everything starts to make sense. I actually want to start with adoption. Um, actually, I, I just I, I love working with this, and I have also I will uh, share with you encounter people whom this information upsets. 
So uh, I want you to to give me uh, the benefit of the doubt that the only reason that I would uh, try try to explain something or share something that I channel or you know publish a book or something about a a topic that can um, be really difficult for some people is to try to help you. So I want you to give me the benefit of the doubt. I'd love for you to give Jehudi the Ascended Master the benefit of the doubt as, as I as I attempt to do, because he's really trying to help us understand our human experience because there are no accidents. So with with option, um, this is a form of loss. It's a form of um, separation. Um, typically, the themes in- include belonging. Like the theme in the chart that you would look for will be something about belonging and something about nurturing and something about being accepted. And if you've um, you know been following what I'm doing for a while, you'll hear in in those uh, keywords, you'll hear moon keywords you know the belonging acceptance nurturing these are all these are all moon keywords and to some degree series keywords the dwarf planet series which is asteroid number one uh when it was an asteroid uh named uh, numbered number one um how how can i receive love what does it mean to belong somewhere what does it mean to be accepted what does it mean to be loved unconditionally when the soul intends that its humans experience that adoption is not the only uh way this happens but that is one of the ways that it can happen because um a similar theme could 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 be in play for somebody and i'll explain some some kinds of chart indicators about this in a minute but i want to tell you about the logic of soul here uh, more or first um because reading a chart with your left brain according to what you've learned through astrology it's frankly not enough You, you have to employ your intuition you have to employ your your i i think you have to employ an, uh, uh, some information and some perspectives about soul which is why i wrote the soul's journey trilogy why i do this show uh, because i think that otherwise it's just our brains talking to other brains but when you really get into this stuff uh the human component the human dynamic people's needs to you know people's needs and the need to resolve tension difficulty to heal things that are very difficult and challenging is real is very real and you know, readings with me. If you haven't had one, they're not about me telling you. Well, Jupiter's coming to your fourth house, so you should clean your kitchen, or whatever, you know, or you should call your mom. It's a really in-depth way of looking at you know what life is asking you to do. So I, I tend to go very deeply. So, um, so looking at this, um, belonging, acceptance. Sometimes that theme will include living lives where we don't belong and we aren't accepted. And that's that's part of the logic of soul. Soul is sitting out at the time saying, I wonder what it's like to feel accepted, to feel nurtured and unconditionally loved. And I recognize, soul says, <laughs> that I'm going to need to experience the opposite as well because I need to figure out all aspects of what that means and what that may what, what that might be like. So, uh, you know, coming uh strong becoming empowered becoming grounded you know opening to being loving because you feel loved is one of those things because you know you'll feel you belong other times you may feel separated from family you may feel like separated from community or that you don't belong or you can't quite fit if you're true to yourself and so what's you know what's the cost of that um and adoption is one way that comes out another way that comes out is being born into a family where you feel like an outsider 
you know, adoption is not the only way this happens. Uh, another, you know, and, and you think of all kinds of different things. Uh, I'm the vegetarian and they are all meat eaters and it can be like a really big deal or it can be political. It can be religious. Like, you know, from the time I was four or five years old, I knew that, you know, this way of living or this religion was baloney, whatever it is, like the sense of not belonging. Um, and part of this does have to do with what does it cost for me to get to the place where I do belong? What do I have to give up? What will it cost me to belong and be accepted and be nurtured? So that's part of this, this generalized theme, which is one twelfth of the zodiac, you know, the Cancerian lunar fourth house archetype. When it comes to adoption, there, there's a lot going on actually. That's why I kind of thought I might not get to this whole list of topics, but, um, there's a lot going on. One thing that's going on is there is a need at, from the soul's perspective, to have certain genetic coding, certain genes, certain DNA, but the agreement is between souls uh, is that that family may not raise the child. So this is part of the agreements between souls, that we every soul is in cahoots with every other soul. <laughs> a soul is a portion, if you haven't heard this from me before, haven't read the channel books, uh, a soul is a portion of divine intelligence or divine consciousness or God or goddess or all that is. Judy calls it all that is all the time. Uh, that is um, that is trying to, to learn about how to be here and learn about um, what it's like to live here, to live here. So actually, I'm going to give you a dot, dot, dot and take my first break. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. We'll be right back picking up The Logic of Soul. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Looking for answers to help you navigate life? The book, Jehudi Speaks, offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and today I'm talking about the logic of soul, and um, 
how it differs from the logic of humans, the logic of our minds. Um, talking before the break about adoption and how that works from the soul's perspective. Um, so all of these souls are involved in this conspiracy of love. Uh, that's what Judy calls it. I say they're in cahoots together in the conspiracy of love just because I like that better. Uh, I think it gives a little more uh, – um, because they're all kind of um, working together behind the scenes, and to me, that's like cahoots. Uh, but anyway, he, um, they are all working together, making these agreements so that the humans have certain experiences that will help these souls themselves learn about how to be here, what it's like to be a human, how to how to exercise free will, how to you know learn to come from a loving place versus a fear based place, like how to how to be a human, how to deal and how to live on this planet. So they're all making these agreements, and there are certain times when um, these agreements say things like, my family will birth you, but we will not raise you. So the human, and this will inform the logic that the human uh, carries, the human will feel perhaps separated, abandoned, left, um, you know, a dearth of love, a lack of love. Like the human will feel that. What is happening behind the scenes is the souls are all – uh, em- embraced in this contract of that's based in love, saying this person needs to learn about belonging, and so we're going to have that person right off the bat not belong. So he or she figures out how to create that. So that's that's one of the ways that that's one of the ways that adoption figures in. Another way is there can be karmic ties between family groups, and in <laughs> this is actually this is explained in um, uh, understanding loss and death in the adoption chapter. Uh, from the channel from Jehudi as well as Jehudi Speaks, in which that book is uh, contained, um, with all four channel books I've published so far. And um, there are family groups where it's possible in one part of the timeline, this family group, for some reason, talking about family group, we could be talking about four people or several hundred, like a clan situation, that, that just say family group to cover all those possibilities, where a child cannot be raised – could be it's probably economic it's probably you know maybe we're we work the land and we just consistently can only feed 90 percent of us and we struggle and it's hard so maybe we all agree that one of the two of these kids goes to live somewhere else maybe it's with a cousin maybe it's down the street but there's a sense of um not being on loan but the sense of this other family will help us this other family will care for us and so in another part of the timeline the same situation can be reversed through adoption. So, I mean, we could be talking about an agrarian society, not, you know, what, you know, we talk about ourselves living in the developed, you know, here I am in, in the USA in February 2014. It's a developed country, blah, 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 whatever, the modern world, or I like to joke about it, the post, post, postmodern world where it's not just that everything's modern, but it's like we're, we're almost beyond being sick of it. Uh, just like all the, the, the machines and the mechanisms and the processes. So we're in this very modern place. So, we are not always thinking about the fact that elsewhere on the timeline, we're in very different kinds of family groups, very different kinds of social situations. But let's say that hundreds or thousands of years ago in some part of the earth where farming dominates and the best thing to do is to have many, many kids because that ensures that you know this whole enterprise of our family, all this stuff works. Also, we probably don't have birth control, at least not really effective methods. We may also have a religion that says, even if there were birth control, don't you dare use it. So, so families and agrarian societies can tend to be big. Uh, it, it depends, but, but 
you know, that, that's a theme that's not unheard of. So let's say that there are two parents and 11 kids. And let's say that something happens in the climate, in the weather. Perhaps they have to move somewhere and set up shop in a new place. But everybody can't be fed. So this is a very real situation across your timeline. It's a very real situation in some agrarian societies today that will have difficulties. We don't, we don't hear about them you know, uh, in, in the media we, we consume. Uh, but this is a very real kind of human thing, like a family grows – and then something can happen, and we might not be able to feed all of them. Maybe they're, maybe some of them are not old enough to, for example, in you know, in, in some places on the earth now, go to the big city and start to earn their own living, perhaps even send money home. That does happen in a lot of places now. Maybe that wasn't an option in these other places and these other times. So people can go and live somewhere else with other families, and then this trade can happen. And what, from the soul's perspective, is happening is one family group says, you know what? Um, we're going to give you the opportunity to love ours, to love one of ours, and we are then going to take the opportunity to love one of yours. And so there can be this switch thing behind the scenes happening that is loving. It is all based in we're going to give you the karmic incubator you need. Now, the human perspective is abandonment, betrayal, sense of loss. That deep scarring that can come in when torn away from family very, very young. You know, I think that a lot of times, if it's possible, they try to do it before the kids imprint it uh, on the parent, but there is this real sense of, um, of emotional connection when we are born to somebody else. And so there is, you know, it, it, nothing makes it easier. You know, if if it's quick, what it does, nothing makes it easier. You know, if the separation is quick, and it, it doesn't matter, uh, because from the soul's perspective, that kid being born has a sense of like the per, the, the the little kid, the emotional uh, part of the person, not the soul, but the personality has a sense of here I am, I am helpless, I am clueless, I need. So um, so it doesn't you know none of those details make it easier. I mean, regardless of what people might say it's from the soul's perspective, from the emotional body perspective, it doesn't make it easier. So these are some of the kinds of things. Another kind of thing can be a person, a soul who over many, many lives has the intention to learn how to create his or her own family as a human. And that can manifest as being born to a family that doesn't feel right or being born to a family that um, doesn't keep the person for some reason. And um, all the reasons that people give like all the, re the the reasons according to the the logic of the human you know about why an adoption happens why people need to give up a child or why people um, have to do that for whatever reason um, all those things are the real world things all those things need to be accounted for but I also want to add this perspective of what's happening behind the scenes because there are no mistakes there are no souls abandoning other souls. You know, there are no souls saying to other ones, well, we just don't like you, so we're actually, you know, or you didn't do something right, so here, let's punish you. There is no such thing from the soul's perspective, which is to say, from the perspective of the divine, of goddess and God and all that is, there's no punishment. This is about the opportunity. I mean, all human lives are opportunities to learn about what love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom. Um, if you read the channel books or you listen to me enough, you'll hear that a bunch of times because uh, because that's what uh, I'm told, and it, it's 
totally true. It actually explains everything <laughs> when you sit down and like filter experiences through that through that lens. Everything makes sense. Um, so I, I do use it as a guiding principle to understand what happens to me and others. But um, in that situation, an adoption can happen for a child uh, from the child child's soul's perspective, so that that person grows up to make a decision about what kind of family he or she wants to have. And, you know, sometimes the wound is really hard to get past. That sense of separation, that sense of being ripped, that scar is really hard to get past. But this is the intention of the soul, to learn about what love is, to learn about compassion and forgiveness and understanding. And this is this is part and parcel. Like when I say, you know, learning about what love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom, uh, what I'm actually saying is um, that we are all – challenged or invited well it's challenging but we're invited to learn to become loving to as judy would say become the source of love for ourselves so that sense of abandonment that sense of whether it's you know targeted on um those the people you know the family of origin whether they are known or not or you know identifiable or not or whether it's about life the universe god you know all that kind of stuff that sense of betrayal and abandonment that some people uh, will have after being adopted, um, the, the, the depth of that is actually uh, indicative of the depth of the need to learn to become the source of love, to learn to become loving, and to create the kind of nest, home space, sense of rootedness that he or she needs to have. Uh, sometimes when I work with people who have adoption in their, you know, have been adopted. Sometimes um, there is this sense of I need to connect to the universe, and so I need to find myself, so to speak, on my own. That sense of I might not belong here, I might not belong there. And sometimes it's about finding. Well, sometimes it's about being pushed to one edge or another in order to open to finding one's spiritual family. Is how the guides would talk about it how these, you know, our helper beings would talk about it, finding your spiritual family. Because if you feel like you don't belong, if you feel like you have nowhere to turn, if you're, if you, you're not safe, what are you going to do? And one of the options is to start connecting with your extra human family. And honestly, when people, when people do that, then guidance can occur to connect you to the humans that you want to be with. Uh, but that's kind of another show. Um, but some of those adoption stories are about that. Some of the adoption stories, when I look into these, the Akashic records, I look into the karmic records, and I, I you know, talk to the guides and on all these other beings, um, sometimes it's also about that kind of child swap, where we are taking this other family group up on the opportunity to raise one of their own because they can't for some reason. And I guarantee, you know, and, and, and it's, it's guaranteed that it's happening elsewhere on the family or on the, on the timeline, uh, in certain ways it's, it's happening in reverse as well. Kind of, um, uh, the, the reciprocation is happening because the souls don't let things happen in, uh, you know, one way streets, uh, leaving people hanging. It's always this opportunity to be loving opportunity to receive love and learn how to be loving in return. Um, so that's some some uh, those are some thoughts um, about uh, the adoption side of it. So so I just I, I want to acknowledge that this is one of those things that that really affects people deeply and it's really really challenging and really really difficult. Um, and you know I want to say something about one of the people uh, just generically and anonymously talk about one of the people who was um, 
who had a real problem with this channel teaching about this, saying that you know the, the soul has set the souls have set this up because uh, this person was adopted into a family that turned out to be abusive. And so, you know, from her perspective, um, how could you possibly say this? You're nuts. You're crazy. She told me I was crazy. Um, and I think because also in that book, there's a there's a bit on um, must be Judy speaks or no, I guess she got more than one book because there's a bit in the Goddess book. Uh, goddess past present and future about healing sexual violence and Judy talks about the soul agreements that unfold or that are in place uh, between souls who love each other and the humans who experience this exchange of violence and energy and trauma and that is another very difficult very difficult chapter and I will I will just tell you that I didn't want to channel that book I actually stopped I don't know half, half about I can't even say the sentence. About halfway through, I stopped because I said, Judy, I do not – I'm not comfortable doing this because I wasn't actually open to really taking in the full message for a while because it pushed some of my own buttons about the prevalence of sexual violence and my own thoughts, my own resistance and fear. But um, I ended up finishing the book, and it's been really helpful to people. So uh, any, anyway, so uh, that's the Goddess Past, Present, Future book, again, also included in Jehudi Speaks, that compilation. Um, but those those are some of the overview thoughts on adoption and what's going on behind the scenes. And what's the logic of soul to learn about what love is, to learn about where it comes from, who's responsible for giving it to whom. Those three things. Ultimately, to learn to become the source of love, not to wait for somebody else to love you. And so adoption is actually kind of an extreme measure of, of throwing someone in a situation, you know, uh, m- very often too young to know the difference. Uh, but that sense of connection, sometimes it does happen. Sometimes people who are adopted grow up and feel loved and supported and feel like they belong and, you know, and, and maybe have some sense of that disconnect, but that disconnection from the, from the birth family, but, but maybe not. Uh, some people, you know, work through it. This is something that people will uh, get help to work through at some point in life. A lot of people. So those are the, those are the thoughts on that. I want to uh, transition into homosexuality. It's the same exact thing. As far as <laughs> uh, learning about what love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom. Um, one of the things I left out about – well, it didn't come into play when I was talking about the adoption bit um, oh so long ago, <laughs> the beginning of the hour um, – is that the soul requires a bunch of different kinds of contexts for its humans to live in in order to find out how certain motivations play out, how certain choices happen. So um, there's all kinds of things happening, like like someone who's adopted in this, you know, in uh, you know, being born in the 20th century, adopted. You know, maybe it actually uh, an, an intentional, uh, you know, everybody knows everything. There's no trauma, family switch, and some other life, like different contexts. But the theme is the same belonging, acceptance, etc. So um, the soul actually requires that there are a bunch of different variables in place throughout a bunch of different lives. There's no set number of lives. People say that, and I'm told that there isn't, so I just kind of tell you that there isn't. Um, and there's also no, by the way, uh, as long as we're talking about soul stuff, um, there's no um, issue about like, uh, you know, when am I done? Like it's just a long-term learning process to learn about love and all these different scenarios. So you may be somebody who's told that you're an old soul and you're about to be finished if you can just figure out this one life lesson. It's not true. I don't mean to like 
hurt you or something, but like it, it's not true. Uh, we, we all need all of these different variables in place. So we learn something really well in some life, but in some other life that's happening simultaneously from the soul's perspective, and the soul's watching all this play out, um, different choices are made, uh, but different variables are in play, and so the whole thing is different. I, I talk about this sometimes in the Soul's Journey series, the, the trilogy of books, um, that, you know, in, it, let's say that you're, well, let's, let's talk about, um, Actually, we're going to take a second break and then come right back and, and, and keep talking about this. Thanks for, thanks for uh, joining me on the show, and uh, we'll be right back on The Soul's Journey. answers to help you navigate life the book jehudi speaks offers wisdom channeled from ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times jehudi speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on earth now a compilation of four channeled books jehudi speaks explores karmic relationships our relationships with animals loss and death of all kinds why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com and talking today about the logic of soul and why certain, you know, certain things are in play in our lives, why we're wired in certain ways and why we have certain kinds of experiences. It all centers almost any topic we're talking about, what love is, where it comes from, who's responsible for giving it to whom. You know, if somebody is uh, developmentally handicapped, if somebody is autistic, if somebody is absolutely a genius if somebody else is really not that bright not that smart really challenged in that way uh if this other person you know it's like all these different things all these different these things that we experience has this guideline behind the scenes learning about what love is where it comes from who's responsible for giving it to whom i'm intentionally repeating it instead of saying etc or blah 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 because i want you to memorize it and have it be in your brain just my footnote there um so talking about what love is, etc., <laughs> um, sexuality is a huge part of that. And I was talking about um, 
I mean, it's one form, like, you know, those kinds of relationships represent one form of love. And what I was talking about is the, the variety of variables that are in place in different parts of the timeline. So if you're, um, like talking about adoption, if you don't, well, we've already moved on from that. I'm um, just thinking, I was trying to make it specific, but I'm going to make it general as far as like, in this part of the timeline, your skin is blue, but only the orange people uh, can move ahead in society. In this other part of the timeline, your skin is orange, but only the green people get to move ahead. Only the green people you know, are accepted in certain places. So you can look at it in terms of very real things, these kinds of variables, um, uh, in terms of our own experiences in this, you know, in this part of the timeline. But it's all kinds of things. It's education level and the possibilities. It's money. It's religion. It's um, beliefs. It's skin color. It's all kinds of things. It's language spoken, ethnic group, all kinds of things. Um, so when it comes to the variables in place with sexuality and homosexuality, you have this, uh, and I'm just going to ask you to open up to this, just ask you to open up with an open mind and, and free, of, free of preconceptions about all this stuff, uh, because there is this thing in place that says, I need to learn about how to authentically experience myself as a sexual being. That's the theme that's in there. That's the theme. And in some parts of the timeline, my authentic sexuality will fit in with the prevailing social agenda with what's expected by the dominant religious groups or ethnic traditions and other parts other parts of the timeline i will not fit in so every single one of us is here to learn about what love is etc and people who are wired to be homosexual because this is not something where somebody just you know uh, people listening to ctr are probably like really savvy about this but there is this meme in the culture this is that there is this a motif in the cultural mind of people who are kind of shaped by old-timey things, <laughs> I want to be fair, conservative traditions of, of different kinds that think that there's something wrong with the person or the person has to make a different choice or something like that. And this is something about the wiring, the energetic field, the consciousness of an individual. For some people, it will be, I need to be authentic and break away from this tradition. For some people, it's, I need to be authentic, so I need to explore what love is, where it comes from, etc., all these, all these different things in the unique way that works best for me. Um, for other people, it's going to be, um, I need to connect with people who are not like anybody I've ever met. You know, like this, like, Uranian need to kind of, to kind of break out and to have a completely new social context and new romantic sexual context. Um, so the other thing to say about this is that every single person falls somewhere on this range or this continuum of masculine and feminine. So uh, you within you, regardless of what what pipes you have, regardless of what um, you know gender delia you're working with, uh, you have masculine energy and feminine energy, and so there is a full and wide variety, I mean, all possible varieties of where people fall along this spectrum of balance between masculine and feminine, their natural sense of balance. And so, and this is where you find people who even, like, uh, men who, who seem effeminate but aren't gay, 
and women who seem very masculine who aren't gay or bisexual or, or you know, uh, or who are heterosexual. And this is because these energies are running in certain ways. Now, this is all designed by the soul. All of these things are designed by the soul. Now, if a person is homosexual in one life, prob- probably is homosexual in a bunch of lives, probably is gay in a bunch of lives, but not every life because sometimes love and sexuality need to be explored within a cultural context that's accepted. So again, this is another one of those things where I talk about karmic stuff and – some of you might say, "Oh, that Tom. He thinks we're all living in like 1700s, but you know, or 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 2000 BCE, like this old timey stuff." And no, I don't. I recognize that you are really savvy, and that you're spiritually sophisticated, and that you're finding this show, you're finding other shows on this network, and you're open minded, and you're not living in you know 1500s, whatever, or prehistoric times, you know, dragging each other around. By you know clumps of hair over the rocks, like I, I recognize that's not true, but my perspective is is really seriously shaped in, in deep ways by that multi life perspective that you're not just you, you're actually living out the emotional dynamics of a bunch of people spread out all across your timeline because from the perspective of soul, all those are happening at the same time, and they're all contributing. And shaping, contributing to and shaping your emotional body, which is your emotional field now. So uh, when I talk about this stuff, you know, I'm I'm not I'm aware you're not living in you know some old some old timey uh, time. <laughs> you're not uh, in some archaic part of the timeline, um, but we're all shaped by that history, and uh, we all have these experiences where you know in a life like this and a life like. We have at, like in 2014, we have access to certain things and ideas and this technology. Oh my gosh, isn't it incredible? You're listening. You know, I'm sitting in my house talking on a wireless headset into my computer. And then, it, you know, this whole technology thing, I'm reaching you from far away. You're listening in the middle of the jungle or wherever you are. Um, you know, the comfort of your, your iPhone or whatever. Um, but these things actually are working behind the scenes because they affect our emotional bodies. And, um, and this is one of the reasons actually why we may have strong, intense reactions to certain things in this life that are not parts of our biographies. Uh, you know, you might be really deeply offended, like really reactionary about something that's never happened to you. And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, but anyway, all this variety uh, of contexts, uh, this variety is needed to explore what, what love is. So, you know, for some people it is bucking social trends or, or bucking social expectations or religious expectations or needing to be authentic or simply finding the right people needs to take you out of your, you know, out of the prevailing context or out of what you thought your life would be like. And this may really open up different doors for you and you may meet really different people than the people you were told you were supposed to meet. All these things are possibilities here, but the, the thrust of it is that every single human is here to learn about what love is, where it comes from, who's responsible for giving it to whom, and everybody falls somewhere on this on this range. I, I do believe that underneath – okay, if we really connect to the energy, the imperative, the wisdom of soul that comes through – I really believe, and I have believed this for a very long time, <laughs> that everybody underneath conditioning and underneath many, many layers, I believe that we are all 
essentially bisexual. And it's okay if you write me and say you're crazy or whatever. It's fine if you do that. Um, I mean, feel free. Go right ahead. But what I think is that the soul is genderless. And the more that we become loving people, I mean, that's just that's just a fact because obviously you have a soul, I have a soul. You might be a woman now. I'm a man now. So, you know, this is not this, you know, we're, we're uh, behind the scenes. We're the same exact thing. We're just expressing that lo- that journey to learn about what love is, et cetera, in these different ways through the, here we go, the, the different variables. You know, you're one gender. This other person is, is perhaps the other gender um, or even in transition. You know, this, this, these other variables, these other varieties of experiences. So every single soul is the essence of love. All the souls are genderless and they work together to provide the kinds of experiences that each other as people need to learn about what love is, etc. So when you strip away conditioning, which is including a lot of imprints on the emotional body, uh, I can tell, like, I mean, I'm going to run out of time in a few minutes, and I could tell, I could, I could talk at you about this for like hours because it's, it's such an such an important thing. Uh, maybe we'll do another show soon about this. Um, um, but when all the conditioning is stripped away, you are a portion of divine intelligence, a portion of divine consciousness, goddess, god, creator, energy, all that is, whatever you want to call it, and that is genderless and loving. So you have biology, you have biochemistry, right? You have an endocrine system that is uh, wired or tuned in a, to, to a certain kind of interaction with others. And um, you also have a heart. And I think that – I just think that beyond all the conditioning, that is true. I really do believe that. Now, that said, because maybe you want to email me and say, hey, so are you bisexual? Because, and, I'm, and I actually identify as heterosexual. I'm a man in this, in this life. But I remember – you can read The Soul's Journey 3 if you want to read about this because I, I write about this. But I remember lives being a woman. I remember that. I feel that in my body and I have the pipes of a man and I have the body of a man. And obviously I have a deep voice. Um, I do, I think, kind of um, – I'm going to forget the word – well, I have cultivated uh, androgynous. I'm kind of androgynous. Like if you see my if you see my picture, you can see it all over. Whatever. Um, I don't have like strikingly sharp features. I don't have like a you know set jaw and like a huge beard and all this stuff. Um, and I do have a very strong Venus Moon energy. And so I do. I have actively cultivated the strong feminine within me and the masculine. Uh, within me too. So it's kind of like I feel a little bit androgynous, but I am heterosexual. And I actually had this experience at the rock shop the other day, uh, the rock shop, um, the shop where I polished the rocks, cut and polished the rocks, the lapidary club, where this woman who was visiting, I don't know if she was a member or just visiting, but she had like a, I want to say like a three-year-old or four-year-old a little person. And I didn't, because of what happened, I didn't catch if it was a boy or a girl. <laughs> I didn't notice because I heard somebody walking up behind me and talking, you know, to somebody in this voice. And um, this, and uh, she was taking this little person around to show him or her <laughs> what what's you know. Well, this person's doing this, and this is that color, and that's what this rock is called, and that's what they're going to do with it. Blah blah blah. And came over to me and um, said, "Well, this lady." Is um is but oh what are you doing? I turn around and there I am, including my goatee, and the woman says, "Oh no, you're a man. Oh no, you're a woman." <laughs> and it was hilarious, but I was so shocked. 
that I obviously didn't even catch the gender of the little kid. But anyway, uh, anyway, so I'm giving off these both of these energies. Every single person is. It is true that in shamanic traditions, you have to be masculine and feminine. You have to, regardless of your gender, you have to do that because uh, to balance those uh, elements of self and to really feed both of them so that you can walk between the worlds. And so I do identify in some way, you know, some degree, I don't talk about myself that way. I don't use that label uh, just because I'm doing, doing it in a different way than, than traditions do it. But traveling between worlds, you actually have to balance masculine and feminine. You can't overly identify with one or the other, regardless of your gender. So anyway, we're coming down to the end of the show. Um, and thank you for joining me. <laughs> this has been a, a great conversation. I, Oh, I didn't uh, tell you about chart indicators for these things. Um, with I mentioned the moon archetype, you, the fourth house moon, Cancerian archetype. Also look for the lunar nodes with those archetypes in play and, and or the moon there. So with adoption, you can actually have the moon conjunct, the north node. I don't belong. I'm not sure I belong. I don't know how to belong. I need to figure out how to belong because something conjunct the north node means that it's opposite the south node, which is where we're coming from. So safety, security, belonging, that moon archetype can happen. That can also, to some degree, be with the Capricorn south node, which is a Cancerian north node. And, and there's, so there are different signatures with that. And also Pluto in the fourth or something in the fourth house square the nodes uh, can also do do that as well. Uh, and with, with the sexuality thing, I mean, you're going to look at Mars and Venus. You're going to look at Uranus. You're going to look at... Um, you know, the androgyny of Mercury. And, and I think that there's nothing clear cut when it comes to understanding in the chart. So you couldn't look at a chart of somebody you were curious. I wonder if that, if that, you know, if that person is heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, whatever, you actually can't see that in the chart at all. But you can see things like, I need to explore authenticity when it comes to being loving. I need to break away. Anyway, um, now I'm actually coming close to out of time, but uh, maybe we'll pick this up again because I think, I think it's really fascinating. Feel free to write me with your comments, Tom at tdjacobs.com. Write with questions and comments. It um, doesn't have to be personal questions, but if you're curious about either of these topics, uh, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to, uh, to answer, to interact with you, and also maybe take some uh, for later you know, to answer on the show. Um, so now my time is almost up. Thanks for joining me. Um, you can read about everything I'm up to, including the Tiger Iron Crystals, uh, the new uh, Transforming Depression and Anxiety MP3 Meditation, uh, the upcoming, starting on March 1st, Energy as Money as Energy class, all that's on tdjacobs.com. If you like this show, like this podcast, uh, rate it on iTunes. Write a review. It helps people find the show. Um, and also, if you get something useful out of it, send me some bucks to help support it and keep it on the air. That happens through tdjacobs.com forward slash soul dot html. Thanks again for joining me, and we'll come back live again next week. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.